Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And and Matt, it's Thursday night football. Uh, we're recording. And before we started recording, we were talking about the fact that teams where there's a new quarterback in a new situation, or in the case of like the Packers, a bunch of new receivers in the room. Right, um, right. That offenses seem to be struggling. And, you know, no better example than Russell Wilson in Denver and Matt Ryan yeah. and Indy. Matt Ryan and Indy, yeah, I mean, they're, they're on tonight, but, you know, yeah, I've seen it with the Packers, I've certainly seen it with the Rams right now, like, they seem to be, you know, uh, kind of stuck in quicksand offensively, um, you know, Allen Robinson hasn't gotten adjusted, it's like, I mean, you know, you watch this, and I think we just expect, like, oh, they'll figure it out by week one, and like, well, when are they, when do they have a chance to figure it out when they don't play in the preseason? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I was saying. Like, I mean, I get it. I get why they don't. I know the fear of the, you know, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Michael Vick had the season ending injury in preseason and Trent Green, which obviously, you know, launched Kurt Warner. But still, you know, the, the, the fear of the disaster. I get it. The Ravens last year had so many injuries in the preseason and it mm-hmm. really submarined their year before it ever got started in some ways. Yeah. But man, it, it's also tough to get a rhythm when you have no chance to get a rhythm. Well, and it's also, it's not just the not playing in preseason games, which I think is a factor, but I know like for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers went to every mandatory practice and none of the optional practices. Which that's what, three days is mandatory practice, you know, a training camp, but in the off season, I mean, it's three days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and, and like Stafford was there for the Rams, but he was basically shut down because of his, elbow issue and you know and and i mean again i get it and i guess you you the i think the intent for teams like the packers and the rams is hey we're we're good enough to muddle our way through the beginning of the year and seven teams make the playoffs and the nfc's fairly mediocre so Mm -hmm. they they, you know if they go you know 11 and 6 10 and 7 they're going to get in and you take your chances and and you know that very likely could happen and we could totally forget about this by January. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see these teams and it's like, yeah, they're they're laboring a bit. And I, I don't think it's that hard to figure out why. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, look, football is a violent, injury-filled sport. Sure. But if you choose to play it, it feels like you should keep playing it. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's violent, but it's also, you know, it's also, especially on offense, uh, very much based on everybody being on the same page and fluidity and rhythm. And how do you get that when when you don't practice it, you know, in, in preseason games, which you used to? I mean, I, you know, I, I look back at like, you know, the years I worked for the Cardinals as a game day worker and, you know, like they played the Chargers a lot and Philip Rivers would play for a half. Ladanian Tomlinson, and you know you'd see, and you'd never see that now. Not a chance that you'd see a guy of of his caliber at that point in his career play maybe more than a series in preseason. It feels like, and, well, you know, you, uh, it's you, just interesting. You saw during the Hall of Fame game how up in arms people were that Josh Jacobs was playing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like yeah, it's well, that, like an insult now. Yeah, for a veteran like, to, to have to play in the preseason. And yet, then I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a team that I saw this preseason, Kansas City, who did play Mahomes. I went, you know, I saw him in Kansas City. They played three series. He played, Kelsey played, and their offense looks pretty good to start the year. I mean, it you know, like they're still adjusting without Tyreek Hill, but they've been pretty. I mean, first game they came out and you know were on fire. So it's you know it's not necessarily hard to put two and two together to figure out why. Yeah, very much. Agreed. Now it's risky, you know, if Mahomes goes out and and you know gets gets hit below the waist and he's you know got a sprained MCL and he's out six weeks, then it's you know well why were you playing him in the preseason? I get it. We love to criticize after the fact, but you know like there is something to be said for getting those reps, even though the games don't matter, the results certainly don't matter. But just you know uh, two or three series, two or three times, I think it might make a big difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, 
we talked about some offenses that are stuck in the mud and some teams that are struggling. Why not talk about our alma mater? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, the, the cure for, I mean, neglecting the fact we're talking NFL to college, but the cure for these offenses that are struggling might be to, to face ASU because, boy, we, we seem to be, a, you know, like you know, opposing offense just gets whatever they want against us. So we took on the number six team in the nation, USC. We were a nearly four-touchdown underdog, and we lost by under three touchdowns. So I, I'd i say a success. It was more competitive than I thought. Um, the first and, half and was competitive. Yeah, I mean, it was 21-17 at the half. Uh, basically, the, the difference in the first half was we had a holding penalty that, that stopped the drive, made us kick a field goal. And, and they scored touchdowns on their first three drives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like we were, we were pretty solid offensively, um, certainly in the first half, but I wonder how much of that is just due to, you know, USC's defense feels like one of those classic, like, you know, they're, they're built to outscore you uh, and rely on you making mistakes. And we, to, to our credit, didn't make many mistakes offensively in that game mm-hmm. only I think through the one interception at the very end which kept their streak alive of, of forcing a turnover in every game this year um you know so I'm not sure what to read into that but man what I what I really do read into the last three weeks is our defense just stinks and it, it's it's like it was built to just and you said this about Herm after he you know and, and I want to discuss the whole Herm departure one more time when we get to it but after he was quote unquote no longer the coach, that he built a team designed to not get blown out, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what this defense feels like. Like they just do nothing well. They don't do anything really terribly. They're not going to give up sixty points, but they're sure not going to hold you to under twenty. Yeah, it's more the offense will take a decent amount of time of possession. Yeah, yeah, and you're we're not going to give up the. You know, Todd Graham, no one cover- touchdown yeah. pass. No one yeah. covering three guys. Um, yeah. yeah, agreed. It's it's very much a you know like well if you want to drive the ball down the field and you can avoid throwing us the football, fumbling the ball, having killer penalties, you'll score and yeah. and you'll be able to name your number. I mean Utah did and USC did and and both of those teams. I mean I think it was thirty four and forty two. We gave up. Yeah, felt like it could have been more. Like, I mean, both teams, I think, had a turnover inside the 10. Um, you know, like, I mean, I know USC did through an interception in the end zone. Like, they they scored a lot, and could've it scored. wasn't anywhere near the maximum amount of points they could have scored. Yeah, for perspective, after the NAU game, we have not allowed fewer than 30 points. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. Uh, you know, and obviously Eastern Michigan, that performance continues to be the, the biggest, like, head scratcher because you know i saw they lost to buffalo the next week um i mean this was this was a bad team that we just let come in and have their way with us and and you know the other three games are kind of what you might have expected i mean i mm-hmm. you know i go back to when we did the preseason picks and i said we'd be two and three and i thought no matter what we'd lose oklahoma state utah usc and we did and it was about what i would have expected if you told me ahead of time but it's it's that Eastern Michigan game that just makes everything feel so much different. Like the other four games probably played out pretty much according to script. Like you know, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the one that's like wow that that sends the season from hey maybe you got something to play for in this back seven games to now nah, you're you're just going through the motions. Yeah, I mean we're allowing twenty eight points a game. But the first game we held our opponent to three. To three, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that know. throws the averages off a bit. Yeah. We're allowing a hundred and seventy three <laughs> rushing yards against. Yeah. I you know, that to me, that's the mark of a defense that's not it's gonna take you a long time to win. Sure, sure. You know? Like we're only giving up two hundred and twenty five passing yards. And if I would have known just that stat at the start of the year, I would have said Oh, the secondary like figured it out, and we're actually playing good defense. No, teams are just no, running all over us. Uh, agreed. Teams are running the ball and they're getting ahead of us, and so they don't have to throw it a ton. I mean, we, you know, if, if I recall, 
we have not had the lead since the first half against Oklahoma State. Am I right about that? I believe that is... Uh, well, did we lead against SC at one point? No, we didn't. You're right. We did not lead against SC. <coughs> yeah, we, we tied it at seven in the first quarter, uh, which is better than we did against Utah and Eastern Michigan because they scored first and we never tied it. But mm-hmm. still, like that's, uh, that's what, 14 quarters of football consecutively that we've not held a lead. And so, yeah, when you're holding teams to passing yards that don't necessarily jump off the page, well, yeah, when when they're getting in front of you, in most cases by multiple scores, and able to run the ball successfully when they're up by multiple scores, well, uh, yeah, they don't have to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, So I have a couple directions I want to go. Let's finish up on the USC game and and the team status now. Yeah. I noted that we were four touchdown underdogs last week. We were only two touchdown underdogs this week, so progress. Home game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> home game against a team coming off its first loss. Um, um, but, yeah, I don't I don't have very much expectation mm-hmm. for this game either. Maybe slightly more than USC, but, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if the end result was any different. Um, but I did want to touch on something that, that has caused me gr- increasing alarm. Um, Elijah Badger has looked really good, actually, yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. He has been. Agreed. So he's going to leave, right? Like, he's not going to stay. I mean, it's you can't ignore the possibility. I, I guess, you know, it depends on who the coach is and if they come in and, and re-recruit him, basically. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a definite possibility. So that leads me to my other fear. Not just losing guys, but set Wisconsin aside. Okay, Wisconsin's probably just my guess going to pick Jim Leonard and and just move forward. Uh, the firing of Paul Christ was a bit of a yeah. stunner. Here, pe- people have yeah. gone, you know, re- gone gone really far the other way and really opposed the move. Um, really, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, you know, because you look at his numbers, it's. You know, two New Year's Six Bowls. He's, you know, averaging nine plus wins a year before yeah, this season. I mean, the only thing, that, the only argument that I think could be made, and and we'll never know because they are, you know, but is that you just you you saw things headed for a really bad place, and you decided to get out before you got to that bad place. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, they're two and three this year, and and you know, it's uh, the last two weeks have been very uncompetitive losses. But it's really very surprising based on the whole, you know, totality of his record there to see him get fired in the middle of a season, you know, a, a year after they were, you know, they didn't make the Big Ten title game, but they, they were going into the last week of the season, had a chance to. Um, it's not like it's been a disaster of late or anything. Yeah. But I think I think they're going to wind up sticking with Jim Leonard, which, but yeah. Nebraska open Colorado open us open mm-hmm. Georgia Tech open there are a lot of open jobs now and With probably at least a handful more to come before the you know the season or the calendar year comes to an end let's say that well and that's the thing is like so we got ahead of the curve but so are all these other teams I don't you know I don't know how much more appealing of a job we are like I think Oklahoma's a more appealing job because they'll pay more um Nebraska, you mean? Sorry, Nebraska is a more yeah. appealing job because they'll pay more. I, you know, Georgia Tech, Colorado, us probably rough equivalent on the same level. I would say now Georgia Tech is an interesting one for Dion because of Atlanta, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that Georgia Tech is a great spot in general, but if if Dion's an attractive candidate, you know, and wants it now. I also wonder if he doesn't wait for Auburn because, mm-hmm. you know, Auburn isn't far from Atlanta. We know that from personal experience. Um, and Auburn is always going to be higher on the totem pole than Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the SEC money, uh, you know, so that is a much more attractive spot, I would think, for him weighing them both equally. Um, and I think Auburn's going to be open. I mean, I know it's not yet, but it, it feels like it's, you know, just a matter of time, maybe as soon as this week, you know, like given the midseason firings, like it wouldn't be shocking if it happened within a week. 
Um, so yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think we're a more attractive spot than Colorado, but that doesn't say much. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colorado might be one of the, it's hard to believe this really, but Colorado might be one of the worst power five programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, over the last two decades, I really, they very little in the way, like an occasional blip. They got to the PAC 12 title game that one year with Mac, Mike McIntyre. Um, and had a decent year in the 2020 crazy year where, you know, half the teams barely played, so you can't read much into that. And that's about it. Like, other than that, for, for a good solid 15 years now, they have been awful. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be interesting because they have been really bad, but <coughs> they don't have the looming NCAA stuff. However... Right counterpoint to the counterpoint the ncaa doesn't seem to want to do things i agree i agree i'm not sure that is going to be the disaster you know penalty wise that that we think and that has been you know portrayed like oh just wait till the hammer comes down I don't know that the hammer comes down anymore. Well, like and, Air Force, you know, times have changed a little bit. Air Force isn't as big of a program as us, and so the question right. is, like, does it matter as much? But you know, and I don't know the depths of their infractions compared to what's sure. been portrayed as our unending flaunting <laughs> of the rules. Um, but Air Force got accused of violating recruiting rules during the recruiting dead period during the pandemic, and they got nothing. Nothing really, yeah. You know? so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, like I, maybe it's the you know I'm I'm being you know glass half full, pie in the sky here, but I don't really think the ASU job is a is a black hole. I know, I know it's not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's it's the most attractive job in the country. I know that it's not. But with the, you know, the whole old notion that like, oh, recruiting is so bad and it's going to take, that's not the case anymore. At least it doesn't have to be. With with the, you know, immediate transfer eligibility and everybody basically, you know, like whoever the new coach is, your, your mentality should be that everyone in the country is a potential ASU recruit. Yeah. Other other schools, high schools, junior colleges, um, you know, everybody is out there for you to get. And so there's no real excuse of like, oh, it's going to take three years to build up some talent here. Like it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not I'm not at all convinced that, you know, like, oh, the NCAA is going to come in and hammer us with, you know, a loss of 20 scholarships and a postseason ban for three years. And I, I don't think those really happen much anymore um and and i just don't think there's this appetite from the ncaa to do them as much as it used to and so yeah i don't know i mean it's it's not i mean it's not a super attractive job but i don't think it's a dead-end job either yeah um let's talk for a minute about the guy who's doing the job now sean iguana he continues to do all of the things that the fan base wants. Like we had 50 high school, local high school kids at practice and Brock Osweiler and Jamal miles were invited back to practice along with a number of other alumni. Um, all the right moves. I think. Yeah. 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 I just hope it doesn't mean, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I said it a bunch last week. I'm saying it again. Like, this is all well and good, and I like the guy, and he seems like a decent guy and all that. But I, I just, all I could say is I hope that it doesn't lead to the, you know, oh, this guy needs to be our coach. No, he does not. No, I, I agree. I don't think he needs to be our coach. But this is one of those things where I don't know if this is for him or a directive from higher up or what. But this has been a push, I think, positively for ASU to rehab its image locally. Um, sure, sure. And, Which is good. And that, I th- that helps, yeah. And I think that act alone is relevant to, you know, the thing we talked about of, does he get the Luke Fickle treatment? Do you yeah. say like, hey, 
new coach. You get to pick your whole staff, but this guy did us a solid. Yeah, 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 which I would be, I mean, I said this before too, I'm fine with that, if that's how it ends. Um, I just, I guess I, you know, as as bad as I don't want to say this and I don't want to admit it, like, there's a part of me that does not want us to go on any type of win streak the rest of this year. And and you might say, well, you know, you got nothing to worry about, we're not going to anyway, and you might be right. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just don't. I don't want that. I really don't want, you know, and I think it would be, you said it last week, I think it was, you know, like, it'd be the cheap option. It'd be the option that makes, you know, the casual fan feel like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, You know, but like, it's, oh, man, that's not the result I want. And I just think it would be um, maybe not a step backwards, but certainly not making any steps forward to to make him the full-time coach. Yeah. So if we, you know, go four and three down the stretch the rest of the way and, you know, pull off an upset or two and beat Arizona and he does, I just, I'm, I'm cringing at the thought of the momentum developing for him to, oh, well, let's just make him the coach. It's the Clay Helton phenomenon mm-hmm. and ask USC how well that worked out. Would you hire Clay Helton though? <laughs> no, I wouldn't hire Clay Helton. I mean, uh, you know, I guess I might rather, well, no, I wouldn't rather have him than Sean Aguado. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to retread. We talked about this. I, like, I I mean, you know, I guess I'm not going to sit here and say I don't want anybody who's been a head coach before if, you know, if uh, Nick Saban or Davos winning said, you know what I want to do is coach at ASU, I'd probably be okay with that. But I don't want... You know, Clay Helton or or those. No, no. I'd rather have the coordinator who's getting his first chance. All right. Let's play a little this guy or that guy. Okay. The coordinator of your choice, Dillingham, the Texas Tech guy, whoever. Yeah, sure. Or Norvell. Mike, not Jay. Uh, No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good clarification. Yeah, not Jay. Uh. Um, well, okay, under that scenario, are you telling me things fall apart for Florida State the rest of the year and he gets tanned? Yeah. Because right now he's doing pretty well. I mean, they're 4-1, and things are feeling pretty good. Florida State finishes 8-5, and but Dion basically says, look, I'll take the job. You just got to fire Norvell and I'll take the job. Yeah, that's, I mean... I guess that's a tricky one because he hasn't failed yet at Florida State. You know, and I think I think things are pointed. I mean, I know they lost last week, but they lost to a good team. Like, I don't, I didn't expect them to, you know, win the ACC this year, but they seem trending in the right direction. So, I would feel like that's a little bit more of an up and comer than a retread. Okay. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, they, like, uh, if we if we got him in that scenario, I'd feel like yeah, okay, we we got somebody who's still on their way up in this business. All right, Tom Herman. No. Okay. Out. Matt Rule. Out on that. That's a tricky one because his NFL tenure's been really poor, but you know we know from experience that being a good NFL coach, being a good college coach, is not one of the same. Yeah. So I look at what he did at Baylor and I see a program that, you know, was in some trouble when he got there. We are, you know, had a lot of roster deficiencies when he got there. A lot of guys had exited, a lot of problems, a lot of negativity, and he turned things around real quick. So, I, I, you know, that one would probably intrigue me. Yeah. Well, and you can also look at before Baylor at Temple when he's having uh-huh. to recruit against Penn State and Pitt Very and true. West Virginia. A program that has been awful for most of our lives. Yeah. And he, he did well there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I it's one of those that would be, I think it would be tough to sell to the to the casual fan who would say, oh, my God, this guy was a disaster in Carolina. Why do you want him? But I think if you, if you paid attention to football and you saw what he did at Baylor and what he did at Temple – and realize that being good as an NFL coach does not equal being good in college and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's intriguing. 
Tom Herman doesn't intrigue me at all. And I know he wasn't a disaster at Texas. I know that. Like, I mean, his win loss record wasn't all that bad, but he also like seems to come with some serious baggage. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some things that just, I, we don't need baggage right now. We need a guy who's got a fairly clean rep. Um, you know, like we, we got enough baggage on our own. We don't need a coach adding to it. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Um, so a couple more names that yeah. have been bandied about. Obviously, there was a lot of Crouch discussion. Ouch. Oh, I'm Crouch. sorry, Frost. <laughs> wrong, oh, Frost. Wrong Nebraska, Frost. Okay. wrong Nebraska quarterback. Scott Frost. <laughs> Got your Nebraska quarterbacks, yes. Uh, I, you know, and I'm less and less enthused about the possibility of Scott Frost. Okay. Like, I'm not totally out on it. It doesn't repulse me. But uh, I'd rather have, under the pretense of what you're saying, that or the up-and-coming 30-something coordinator, I'm yeah. going to take the 30-something coordinator. Is, if, is Coach Prime your top target if you could? <sighs> Probably. And, and I realize that, that some of it is seduction of the name and, and the, you know, the, the fact that I think he would immediately come in and bring in talent, both, you know, current college players and high school players. And money. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, I, you know, am I sure he'd be good? No. How could I be? I mean, you know, he's been at Jackson State for, what, three years? This is third year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a totally different animal than, you know, a, a second tier program in the Pac-12. Um, so there is no way to, to sit here and say like, oh, I know that'd be a home run hire. It might not be, but I think it would probably be, it would inject excitement into a program that desperately needs it. Um, it would inject talent into a program that desperately needs it. So yeah, I think that would probably right now, even though I'm not a big fan of him personally, uh, I could talk myself into being a fan of his if he was the ASU coach. Just put it that way. Do you think that this experience will have the impact of ASU opening the purse strings for coaching or maintaining a shoestring budget because of... You know, it's a good question. I mean, I I, I was watching uh, the USC game on TV, and and I was watching it back the next day, and and I whoever the announcers were, Rod Gilmore was the analyst. I can't remember the play by play. They were talking about how I guess you know Michael Crow said you know we're gonna we're gonna do everything we need to to be competitive at the highest level. Like, all right, that, that sounds so, good. It's the right thing to say. It, the right thing to say, but do I believe it? No, uh, nah, not yet. Not yet. I mean, uh, you know, and of course, then they turned it into the, you know, well, I'm sure if Herb Edwards is hearing that, he's thinking, why didn't you do it? And I'm like, uh, let, let's not, let's not, you know, let's nip the save Herb Edwards movement in the bud. I realize ESPN loves Herb Edwards, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the whole Herb thing, I'm, uh, I'm more and more sort of down on him than I was before. Um, when we talked yeah. in the immediate aftermath, I was Let's kinder to him than you were. Yeah. And I've come around to your side more as I've thought about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in, in this transformation because I, I felt like he came in year one, he was a joke, and he didn't like that. And so there was some effort, at least with the fans and the media, and he sort Uh of, you know, wooed people back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, did. No doubt. Did me. I mean, you know, it worked on me. I think it worked on you. Yeah. A hundred percent. But from there, it felt phoned in. And then the pandemic stuff, we weren't prepared. I uh, those first two games, obviously, right. Um, we were committing recruiting violations, which he either was too lazy to learn the rules or learn the rules and didn't care. 
Um, there's Neither not, one is good, but yeah, I yeah. think it's it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah, there's there's not a third option where like this happened without <laughs> no. his knowledge. No, you know, I I think that has been fully disproven at this point. Correct, correct. I agree. Yeah, and then he was slow to react with his staff because I'm going to operate on the assumption that Ray Anderson was not going to fire an assistant. Herm had to fire the assistants. Yeah. So he takes it out on the three youngest guys who happen to also be the guys that Pierce brought in and the only ones who were like big time recruiters. He replaced them with more of his old NFL buddies right? who weren't interested in the job at hand. Um, and, and it just, you know, and then he didn't care. And then 2021, you know, we have a, an okay season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I talk ourselves into, well, we're going to run it back. And then Daniels recommits. Then we lose yeah. a bunch of guys. Then we lose Daniels. And it's like, yeah. like I... I don't believe that this team was a Spencer Rattler away. No. From competitive. Not a chance. If we had Spencer Rattler, I bet we're still one and four right now. But I'd be happier with Spencer Rattler. I mean, it would have it would have ejected some hype into the offseason. I think by now the reality would have set in that we're still not any good. But, uh, yeah, it would have ejected a little bit of, of like, oh, local boy back, number one recruit, Heisman candidates of yesteryear, not this year. But, it, you know, it, it would have at least gotten people a little bit excited on the surface, more than Emory Jones does. But instead, we declined to go after him, and then we lose Jaden Daniels. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, you can't do that. You can't yeah. lose Jaden Daniels at that point. No, I agree. Well, and, and so, you know, you, you mentioned, and this is, this is earlier what I said, I want to kind of, you know, discuss the whole Herm and his exit. And, you know, a couple things have entered my mind just today as I've, you know, thinking about what we were going to discuss and, you know, and I'm thinking one, and I'm not a big fan of the notion of like, you know, you owe us as fans. I, I always think that's a little overplayed, but does it seem a little wrong that like we don't have an explanation for what happened with Herb Edwards. He didn't resign and he didn't get fired. He's just not the coach anymore. Like you want me to care about this program. You want me and my fellow fan to invest my, my attention, my interest, my money into this program, but you can't even tell us why the coach isn't the coach anymore. Yeah. You can't Am I crazy? Define the term. Yeah. And, and, so I think we're left to figure out on our own that Herm quit. And, and so then that's why I say I'm less, you know, sympathetic to him anymore because, I, you know, the last two weeks I've watched the broadcast and both of them, different broadcast crews, have alluded to this notion of like, not said it this way. I'm, I'm going to admit I'm, I'm adding some context that they haven't actually directly said, but Poor old Herm, he was just so beaten down by the job, and he's he's just so much happier now that he's not in this job. And mm-hmm. I get that because I've been there. I've had a job that I didn't like, and I'm much happier now that I don't have that job. But here's the difference. I didn't start the next season. Mm-hmm. I didn't go through the whole offseason telling you I'm still the coach or I'm still whatever, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. And then when the first sign of adversity hits, and that is truly what happened. Like the first two games, we won the first. We were competitive on the road against the top 10 team in the second. And then the Eastern Michigan game is a disaster. No doubt. Absolute disaster. He packs up and hits the road. And it's like, okay, that's your prerogative. But then why didn't you leave after last year? I mean, if you were going to leave after the first sign of trouble, leave after last year, we could have got started on the future this year. Mm -hmm. Now it just feels like this year is a total waste of time. Yeah. And I hate saying that because I love ASU football and I love the college football season. And, and it's the season that asks the least of you as a fan. There's 12 games once a week for three months. That's really, it doesn't ask much of you as a fan to check in 
to college football. And yet I am having a hard time checking into this team this season because I just feel like from top down, they've basically told us 2022 is a waste of time. Check back with us next year. Yeah, it, it does have sort of the what's the point Yeah, hanging over yeah. everything. Like, yeah. if we beat Washington, okay. What does it matter? Like, we're two and We're four. probably still not going to go anywhere this year. Yeah. yeah so all it is is bad <laughs> for Washington. <laughs> yeah. Like, we are now I mean, just it, the, if we beat you, that's just bad for you. Pretty much, In yeah. In the Arizona yeah. game, which matters only because they've been so bad and we have right. won the last right. handful. Right, right. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, I've paid attention to each game and, and I've, you know, but I just, like, I, I mean, you know, I, I was sick and so I, obviously that factored in, but like, I didn't stay up for the whole USC game. And it was 21 to 17 at the half. Mm-hmm. But I thought, eh, I'll just check later. And I woke up like an hour or so later and it was still going on. I turned it on. I watched a little. And, and it's just like, it bothered me that I didn't care more. Because mm-hmm. I, I always have. And I will again. I, I, you know, I don't think this is like, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm, I'm out on ASU football forever. I'm not. Well, I know me. And, and to but be clear, it's just hard to get into it this year. And to be clear, this isn't like, fair weather fandom this isn't like no. the team is bad so we're out it's like not a bit no 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 i'll root for a bad team when i have like i mean some... you and i have been there and done that with the 2016 team that lost six in a row to end the year and the danny sullivan 2019 team and you know we've we've been through bad seasons i don't feel like we have to prove ourselves that we stick with the team through bad seasons we've done it um, but this, and, this and, one's the yeah, hardest. but I mean, this one just again when when the administration and the coach or the former coach kind of give you the message that like, well, twenty twenty two is a lost year. You know, in September, well, it's hard for me as a fan to really get into it. Then, well, and that's the thing. Like to bring it back to Iguano, he's doing everything he can. Yeah. With a very limited, you know, base of <laughs> yeah. tools to work with. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, you're basically asking him to chisel the pyramids <laughs> with sort of a blunt, <laughs> uh, like yeah. a, like a piece of cardboard <laughs> and a, a stump. big axe. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I and and that's why I say like I like the guy. It feels like he cares about ASU and I respect that because I care about ASU and I'm sure you know like I'd probably love to talk ASU football with Sean Aguayo probably be fun I'd probably feel the passion that he feels for the place but mm-hmm. I don't want him as the coach and and that's what it puts me I feel weird about it because I don't want to root against him I don't want to root against ASU and I'm not but I can't like I'll be honest, when it was 21-17 at the half, and I woke up an hour later and I knew the game was still going, there was a part of me that thought, I don't want us to be leading when I check this score. Because that's going to lead to the, you know, well, let's just keep this guy. And I just don't think that is the outcome that that I desire or anyone should if you want the program to, to be better. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I want us to win. But I come at it from a slightly different perspective as you. Uh, like I obviously I picked us to finish three and nine, so I wasn't right. feeling confident at the start of the year. But right. I I watch out of like morbid curiosity for yeah. like what yeah. will happen. But I you know, I don't go into this with any hope and so I find my like my reserves were tapped out after the Oklahoma State game, basically. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, I've had a hard time really getting into this season, and and you know, we talked about it ahead of time, and I, I you know, and I, I failed to come up with one. Like before the year, I couldn't remember a season that I felt less enthused about, and not just because we were not supposed to be good. Because again, we've been there and done that. We've had plenty of years since two thousand four. 
that the expectations were low, that we were picked to finish in the bottom half of the conference, that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was just hard to get into this one. And again, what's happened since has only validated that. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, you hoped, I hoped that it would be one of those that halfway through, I'd think, man, I feel bad that I wasn't more jazzed in August for this season because this has been fun. It's been a fun team to follow. It's not. <laughs> it's no. not. And that, that's not the player's fault. Like, I know people, you know, I see that on uh, always every week, you know, the Twitter, you know, like, well, you got to support the players. I'm like, I do. I do support the players. And I'm sure the players are working hard. And um, But, it, again, when the, when the message from the top is, like, we don't really care about this season. And by bringing back Herm and then allowing him to just kind of walk away after the, you know, first sign of trouble, that's what you've told me. Mm-hmm. It's tough for me to care. Yeah. I mean, I guess you let him quit, so presumably we're not going to pay his I hope not. Um, I hope not. Uh, You know, that's the one thing I guess you could say you hope, is that if indeed he did quit, as it feels like he did, that mm -hmm. he's not making any money from us by doing so. He already, you know, got four years worth of salary. Uh, You know, and I... I guess, you know, and again, I know Herm's a friendly guy, and I know especially ESPN, which has broadcast the last two games, is friendly to Herm. But this this narrative that they seem to be pushing that I've picked up the last two weeks in watching the broadcasts, you know, live and then and then record, um, that, you know, poor Herm, he was just so beaten down by things here. And, like, first of all, Herm never probably should have had this job. Secondly, you know, the situation we're in is, is in large part his doing. Well, and, so, and the I don't last feel bad part is, is if you were beaten down and this was too much for you, leave after last season. Like, doing, Leave after last year, this exactly, is the worst, yeah. This is the worst way to handle it yeah. from a like, yeah. team continuity perspective. I, I, I am glad that whether it was him or Crow or Anderson or a combination of the three decided, yeah, this is it. We, we need right. to start waiting toward the future. Because sure. at least, like, here's the, you know, I keep bringing it back with the comparison to Iguano, but I think it's apt to talk about, like, where were the 50 kids on campus with Herm? Herm no, was supposed to be the best closer, right. best guy to talk to these kids, and they they recognize him from TV. <sighs> it's good old Uncle Herm. Yeah, like, no, you're right. That's a very good point. And and I agree. I mean, it is it is better to have moved forward now. But, yeah, that's what sticks with me is that it was better to move forward last year. And we got, you know, after the U of A game, the defiant firm is our coach. And and basically the feeling emanating from Ray and Herb and the players was, you know, how dare you even suggest he's not going to be the coach here. He's the right man for the job. And then three games into the next year, he's gone. So, like, well, all right, so we basically just wasted nine months. Uh, you know, now I'm glad we're not wasting another two, I guess. But I'd like to have the last nine back. Because mm-hmm. maybe we could have gotten somebody this year that, you know, started his thing and and made, I'm not saying anybody would have come in this year and won the Pac-12, but maybe we could have been more competitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's You know, the whole, like... Yeah, 2023, okay, we'll have a new coach then, and and that's great, but, you know, like, I just, I hate wasting seasons, and this just feels like a total waste. Feels like we're just, just kind of tossing it aside. Yeah, kind of. So, anyway, there's nothing more that really could be said, I guess, besides that, but um, should we make a pick for the Washington game? We haven't done that yet. Yeah, so... Washington lost last week to UCLA. Um, still put up 32 points. They are yeah, averaging 14 points a game. Um, I I don't see us slowing down Michael Penix Jr. Um, so since I, we haven't slowed down anybody that's FCS or FBS level yet, you mean? Yeah. Well, he has the same no, amount of interceptions as Emory Jones, but he's got uh, four times as many touchdown passes. He does. He's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little reality check against UCLA, but they still played well in the second half, got themselves back in the game there in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I, 
I agree. I don't. I don't like the matchup, given what we talked about with our defensive struggles. Yeah. So I'm going to say 35-21 Huskies. So you're going right on the point spread. A push. Yeah. I. I. Maybe 42-21. Like I don't think we're scoring <laughs> more than. You're on the side of taking Washington in the points. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm I don't think it's going to be a you know fifty point blowout, but I guess I'd I'd say uh, I'll say forty one to seventeen Washington. Yeah, I mean I think we're going to see an angry Washington team and a okay. same as always ASU team. Like yeah, I just yeah, I just think they'll I think they'll be able to you know pretty much as I said about USC and Utah, they'll name their number offensively. Uh, they'll score when they need to score. Um, their defense isn't great, you know. I mean, like I watched them against Michigan State, obviously against UCLA, some, and you know they they give up plenty. But so I think offensively, we'll, we'll probably have some success, kind of like against USC. But I just, you know, we're not we're not built to, you know, go shot for shot in a in a thirty forty point type game, which I think they could score that easily. Yeah, we're not really built to do anything. We, I hate to say it, but like, what are we built to do successfully? I mean, Validate might kick field goals, I guess. Yards. You know, Validate's been good. Yards. No, I'm not saying on the individual player level. I guess more the like, what? How are we built to win games? What's our formula? Do we? Does it feel like we really have one? Um, mistakes by yeah, probably the opposing yeah. team. Get, get out ahead, you know, seven to nothing, and then let the other team throw a couple interceptions and start to press, and we run the ball, and we hold on for dear life, and we win, you know, 27 to 24 when we had a 27-10 lead, and they've come back and made it interesting in the fourth quarter against our bad defense. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that might be good enough to beat Stanford or Colorado, maybe. I mean, those... You know, we got the bye next week, and then we have the road games at Stanford, Colorado. If we're going to win again this year, I think it's got to come in those two weeks. One of those two, if not both. Yeah, I mean, this was the week that I thought we would fire Herm. This was when I projected the coaching team. (laughs) Yeah, neither of us had the Eastern Michigan loss, though, so. Yeah. Um, I, I am... I am not confident in this team. And no, how could you be? I mean, like, I, I'm hoping we win. You know, again, I said I don't want us to go on like a hot streak and get Sean Aguano the job. I really don't. That's true. But I also don't want the guy to go winless. So yeah. I, I hope that we could get, you know, one or two wins. Uh, enough that he's got something to, you know, be happy with. Obviously, ideally, we'd beat Arizona. That'd yeah. be something. You know, it, it out of a you know big old pile of turds, that'd be something to smell good at the end of the year. Yeah, can't beat that metaphor, can you? No, I I think that it really sums up your feelings about <laughs> ASU football. Kind of does, yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's a struggle right now. I'm I'm loving this college football season like every year. I love following it, but I miss that that extra element of really caring about ASU and riding and, and with their result and it's just it's tough right now. It just is and, and you know, I think I'll get back to it next year. We'll have the new coach. We'll you know, I, I have no doubt that I can get back on the bus, but I'm just I'm having a hard time staying on the bus this year. Yeah. Um before we go around college football, Quinn Ewers is uh, expected back. Saw that. Yeah, that's good. Although Hudson Card played well. Credit to him. He, you know, ankle injury, but he he gutted it out and, and, you know, acquitted himself well. Yeah. Maybe he'll be the starting quarterback somewhere else next season. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, if Ewers plays well the rest of the year and kind of claims, you know, like he'll be a very attractive transfer portal option somewhere because, yeah, I think he showed he's he's good enough to be a, a power five good starter. Yeah. Um, I saw something that it was like the first time that they've played each other with neither team ranked 
in a long time? In quite a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like, uh, surprising. Yeah, I mean, who would have, I'm stealing this point, but, you know, who would have guessed when you looked at the schedule, you know, six weeks ago, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas A&M, and college game days in Lawrence, Kansas for TCU, Kansas. But mm-hmm. that's the right place to be, man. That's a good game, and those two teams have earned it. And and so, you know, like, hey, it's it's fun that that's the case. We talk about how college football is too predictable, and at the very, very top it probably still is when it comes to, like, the playoff and that. But but it's, it's fun to see, you know, hey, Texas, Oklahoma are unranked, and TCU, Kansas are in the top 20. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wish Texas was ranked as a Texas fan. Don't get me wrong, but as a as a neutral observer, like, hey, that's that's great, man. That's what keeps us paying attention to this sport because mm-hmm. the you know the playoff is is about the same you know six to eight teams every year. It feels like um, you know, and that's just the way it is. But it's the Kansas stories that you know keep us interested week to week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, should be an interesting week. Uh, you know, like some some different quarterback injuries. I know uh, Bryce Young is questionable. They're playing it to the last minute on that. A uh, and M's quarterback apparently has a broken hand, so he's probably out if that report is true. Um, you know, so that could be a it would be an interesting game there. One would think that you know Saban will want to be out for blood, but you know, like of late, like. I mean, they've been, they're good. They're obviously a great team. But that notion that, like, oh, Saban's just going to have no mercy and they blow teams out, like, they haven't, they haven't really done that in big games of late. Mm-hmm. They've won a lot of them. But, like, remember the, remember the 2019 LSU? Like, oh, they're going to they're gonna dominate those guys. Just wait till they roll in there. They're going to get a life lesson. And they rolled up 45 points and beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I... I hope Alabama wins big because I don't like Jimbo and I don't like A&M. So, I mean, I'd be very happy if Alabama beat them 45 nothing, But I, I don't know if I see that happening. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that. I think they'll win. Uh, you know, but I, I don't know if I see it being the, you know, Just a oh, Nick down. Saban's revenge against Jimbo that everybody thinks. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll be back. We'll break it all down for you. Uh, Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's Ben, Matt Sportscast.